0: Hello. This is improvised radio theatre with Dice, with me, Michael Keel,
1: and me, Roger Bell West.
0: We're coming from you, uh, not from our normal um, high-up stone stone tower, uh, but from out in Roger's little wooden hut, out at, out at the out at the bottom of the jungle. He calls a garden, so you may hear birdsong infrequently in the background. The weather having improved here. And this month we are going to be talking again to Dr. Bob and John Dolman about their experiences in gaming. We'll be talking about the art of constructing the finest cliffhanger in the world and about the latest ouvre, the latest masterpiece to hit uh, the Steve Jackson website. But before we do, a couple of public service announcements. I would like to draw your attention to uh, the 2016 game chef competition it used to be called iron game chef uh, after I, what i think is the american equivalent of ready steady cook or whatever it's called basically it's a website where they pop up theme and uh ingredients and ask people over a, over nine days to write a mini uh role-playing game around those theme i might give it a try this year, no promises, because I'm out in the country being medieval when it
1: launches. And I will be out of the country the well, rest of the time.
0: But we'll, we thought we might encourage our more creative um, our more creative uh, uh, listeners to give it a try. It launches just after we drop this podcast, I think it's
1: June the 3rd? The date will be in the show notes anyway. The date will be in the show the notes. Link. Also, Marcus Rowland's Forgotten Futures, which has been a shareware RPG for, I think, over 20 years at this point, is shutting down as a shareware thing. If you subscribed to this and you and you were getting lifetime updates, he feels he owes you money. Uh, so if you haven't already, please let him know what you would want done with it. Either send it to you or donate it to charity. We'll put a link in for that as well.
0: Oh, an end of an era, and entirely entirely due to
1: um, that loss.
0: Uh, yeah, let's let's not go into that uh, that tragic and, and, and delicate subject. But
1: however, all the existing material is going to be released free of charge later in the year.
0: Because Marcus is awesome like that. Yeah, it's a good one. Yeah. We move on. As part of our continuing series, of interviewing the great and good and the mighty authors and sages of... Um, role-playing field. Um, I'm here to interview a gentleman who has uh, several credits to his, to his honour, and has just released a new and astounding work
1: for Steve Jackson
0: Games. Bunch of burdenless. Hello.
1: And I was conveniently available. So I, I think we can only call this improvised promotional content with dice. <laughs> the, the book in question is uh, GURPS Disasters, Meltdown and Fallout, which is pretty much what it's about. Nuclear reactors and things that go wrong with them. Hmm. So how did you get this gig? I read the Warehouse Twenty Three wish list, mm-hmm. and I applied. Um, it's the wish list is fairly long, and there doesn't seem to be pe- there doesn't seem to be a list of people clamouring to write Gert's books. It's fairly hard work to get it done. Right, mm-hmm. it's not all that well paid. Um, so they, they've had the disasters series in general around as things we would like people to write for yeah. a while. Uh, this happened to be the first one that anybody you gone for, I, I certainly do intend to write more at some point.
0: So what was the brief?
1: Uh, they give they give you a short description in this case. Yeah. I, quite often one, one just proposes a book out of nowhere. and With my first one, No Will to Live, mm-hmm. The Reign of Steel Conversion, um, I had looked at the wish list. It wasn't on there, but I said, OK. Here is an obvious way to do this. I think it might be a pyramid article. And Stephen came back to me, Stephen uh, Marsh, the editor, yeah, and said, "Well, it's a, too much for a pyramid article. How about making it a book?" Yeah, so, fair enough. In in this case, I uh, th- they went into a bit more detail. There are a couple of paragraphs of roughly what the book is going to be about. Yeah. Um, in this particular case, no- normally you would start with writing an outline, which is basically all the major paragraph headings. Yeah. Uh, in this case, they did have an outline supplied for the Disasters series, uh, obviously a fairly generic template, yeah. but uh, they, they didn't mind as long if I moved things around a bit as long as I hit all the key points in that. So okay. th- Things like, you know, for, for this class of disaster, how do you use it as a minor diversion on the way to a bigger adventure? Mm-hmm. How do you use it as an adventure focus in itself? How do you make it a campaign-changing thing? How, how do you tweak things
0: mm-hmm.
1: at those levels? That sort of thing w- was specified in the outline.
0: So how, so, how much did you know beforehand, and how much did you have to reheat, re, re,
1: research? Um, well, I've, I've been reasonably knowledgeable for, for quite a while. I mean, I've been fairly enthusiastic about nuclear power for years anyway. Mm. Um,
0: so, this is, this is part of your efforts to say, no, no, it really can be safe. Well, to uh, be I'm honest, not,
1: I'm, I'm slight, slightly less pro-nuclear than I was when I started. I'm, I'm still, still <laughs> pro-nuclear on the basis that I like having electricity.
0: Yes, this is true. I, I'm fond of it myself.
1: And it, it's the it's the only method of electricity generation that produces a lot of it without burning things,
0: mm-hmm.
1: unless we go with orbital solar, but nobody's doing anything on that. So, yeah. but yeah, I, I start. Uh, this is part of the pitch process. Uh, one, one says, "Here is what I already know about, mm-hmm. whatever it is," and they, they were happy with that. I, d- I did do some fairly extensive research as well, of course, to get precise numbers and so on.
0: Yeah, you said uh, uh, in your blog that uh, there were people who said, "Don't quote me about this."
1: Uh, yeah, I spoke to I think four or five people in the industry altogether, and none of them was prepared to have their names used. Ah. Uh, one of them um, did stop talking to me because he was worried about contributing to a work that would help terrorists. I think I think he's happy about that now. I, I did let him know what was in the final version.
0: Yeah, you yeah, Your basic your basic uh, your basic point on that is, gosh, it would be awfully hard work for the terrorists. Well, yes. Yeah, they, they make it. They make them difficult to get into, and they they put people with guns around the outside.
1: Yeah, I and mean, it, it's not clear how much of that is just reputation. I mean, that there, there have been cases where protesters broke into facilities and nobody noticed them for several hours. Mm. And if they had been up to actual sabotage rather than just painting slogans on things, then they could have done really Absolutely. quite major damage. But what what one doesn't know is how general that is.
0: Yeah. It's not something they they, they make, make terribly public. So, what from a gamer point of view, what what can you could get? What can you get excited about with this product?
1: Well, that that depends on on who the gamer is. If if you don't know a lot about nuclear reactors to start with, it will tell you um, the truth, the truth and the myths, and yeah. point out which is which. So, if if you want to, if you have a game in which things are realistic, you can yeah. say, okay, these are the things that can re- realistically go wrong. If, if you're running something more like a disaster movie, you can do that. Yeah. But you, but you'll know which end of that scale you're on.
0: Well, the point uh, is that realistically, lo- looking at, at nuclear at nuclear power plants gone wrong, ooh, they're da- dangerous. Ooh, yeah. Oh, it, it works best, I think, as a short term as a short term immediate threat or, or or time pressure thing.
1: Well, there there are two sorts. This is a bit like the, the saying about disaster films: mm. that you crash the plane in the first ten minutes, or you don't crash the plane at all because the the adventure about leading up to and trying to prevent a disaster
0: yeah
1: is completely different from the adventure of trying to cope once the disaster's happened it It deals with different people it's a different style of thing it it's very difficult to have both at once yeah or both in the same uh campaign
0: so the 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 players are either trying to hm the characters are either trying <laughs> to um to to stop the thing going kablooey in the first place or they're crossing the very dangerous uh, um landscape where it's about to go kablooey or they're surviving afterwards
1: yeah uh that that's the basic model there are also um causing it to go kablooey yeah i, I, because I, I I've, I've, I've certainly heard americans suggest that this sort of thing should be done to iranian nuclear reactors because hey they're a long way away
0: Mm, yeah, and, and that, that sort of thing never goes
1: wrong. Um, so there, there is a certain amount in, in, in there about how you would hide a nuclear weapons programme among a civilian uh, reactor mm. uh, plant and how you would go about getting, getting around that concealment and the, the sort of things you would have to do if you were trying, trying for mm. covert sabotage.
0: It doesn't seem to lend itself to long-term... Well, apart from being in the background of uh, after, after the apocalypse game, it doesn't seem to lend itself to a long term. Uh, nobody wants to listen. I think you, better, you, you said, said, it, said in, the, in, in the nobody wants to listen to a story about engineers doing routine maintenance.
1: Yeah, though there are a couple of things that seem like to give potential for campaigns. One is, well, there, there are proposals right now to give the International Atomic Energy Agency, or is it authority? I can't remember. They changed it at some point. Yeah. Um, inspectorates with, with a bit more teeth. Um, and particularly safety teams with more teeth. Yeah. So there, there is the potential. I, I think it would be a fairly niche campaign, even so. Uh, but you know, you, you you are a safety team. Um, you, you are being called in over the heads of the local guys when something has gone wrong. Hmm. And some sometimes they are trying just trying to cover up their incompetence. Sometimes they're trying to cover up something much more dubious. They're all trying to cover up something because everybody yeah, always quite. does. Um, but but that I think could run for a bit. Uh, the the other one was a. In the infinite world setting, yeah which i 've always felt kind of emphasizes the low tech worlds too much for my taste i I like you know twentieth century in higher yeah as as an alternate universe setting, so you you have a specially trained team of um uh infinity patrol agents i Corps. yeah they 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 all have the the uh, specific um nuclear safety training, and they are going from timeline to timeline
0: yeah
1: either um Trying trying to prevent accidents if if they see somebody's going horribly wrong, or trying to cause if if the timeline's sufficiently unstable, say okay let let us just make them think that nuclear power is really hard to get right by sabotaging every single damn reactor they build.
0: Hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, it, it, that's more more a thing that Centrum would go for, I think, uh, the 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 intervention. I can see the ICOPs going right. It's Tuesday. This must be Three Mile Island again. <laughs> Is this is there stuff that uh, they took out or you took out you really wanted to put in?
1: Um, I think I self-censored fairly effectively. Uh, th- there are things I found from public sources that I feel a little uneasy about being in public sources, like ex- exact guard numbers and rosters and things for, for a couple of places in the states. Um, are uh, of somebody? Yeah, I, I was just not going to put those down. Uh, yeah, you should I, probably I...
0: write to the. For the people who are doubtless listening to this, (laughs) give them them the details.
1: Well, um, nuclear security in the US is is done by private companies because capitalism. Oh, joy. Which means it's done on a value-for-money basis. Which means that there are are tired people pushing two
0: jobs in order to keep their family together in charge of big... Roger, I'm not going to sleep well tonight. (laughs) (laughs) This is the security, guys.
1: Talking about yeah, but the, 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 guys they're, they're, actually, the guys actually running the reactors are rather better paid and qualified. But, well, so.
0: yeah, yeah, but the security guys are the guys who are keeping those those the aforementioned people who might just be planting slogans on the side of the containment <laughs> <laughs> building uh, but might be up to something more dangerous. Out.
1: No, nobody in the in the writing process ever actually said "Gerp Cyberpunk," but I think we were all aware that you know this happened. It could happen again. Let, let's yeah. let's, be, let's be vaguely careful about this. <laughs>
0: Are there any more that you're you want, you're wanting to pitch for for the future?
1: Yes. Uh, ah,
0: although this this gets into uh, all right. Uh huh.
1: It's well, th- there are quite a few on on the list of suggested titles for disasters. hmm. Um.
0: And you have the necessary gloomy frame of mind.
1: <laughs> I also enjoy disaster films while while recognizing both both what what they get right in in, car- in a character sense and what they get wrong.
0: Yeah. Gaming too long, especially playing Gertz, can ruin
1: your pleasure of movies sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, well, what, one of the ones I'm thinking about is giant mutated animals, but this is only because I want the chance to put Knight of the Lepers in the filmography.
0: You too can defy the square cube law.
1: Absolutely. Um, but that, that's what I'm thinking about Um anybody else who hears this is entirely free to, to pitch them, and I, I will only uh, be mildly annoyed. But m- most of the others on the list are ones I think I could have a plausible go at. Um, the um, volcano one, for example. Hmm. I've already written an article for Pyramid about uh, volcanoes and how, how lava is really quite bad for you.
0: Yeah. I fu- I, the, 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 the word that I discovered from reading your article was corium, which yes. means <laughs> means the melted gloop. Um, for when, for when the china from when the China syndrome actually happens, everything that around the the, the, the melted down um, reactor fuel and everything that's fallen into it and is radioactive, radioactive um, hot lava, and uh, yeah, that's a wonderful word, and <laughs> one I never ever ever want to hear on the BBC. <laughs>
1: Well, there was um, a thing that didn't didn't make it into the book because it wasn't wasn't uh, all that interesting. But there was the incident a few years ago, I think it was the Rutherford labs in Cambridge, mm. um, were finally being repurposed, having been, you know, they, this is where things like neptunium and plutonium were, were mm. at least named, if not discovered, uh, arguably discovered. But they had this uh, room which had both lots of radioactives that had fallen through the cracks in the years, mm. And lots of mercury, ditto. Yeah. And it turns out that there there was no, no clean-up company that was able to ta- tackle both of these at once. They you know, Places that would clean up mercury, fine, but no, we can't cope if it's radioactive as well, and vice versa. Yeah. <laughs> I, I believe they ended up starting their own and, and then hurrying uh, it out to other people with similar problems. They,
0: I'm sure there that, that can't be a plethora. I hope there's not a plethora of those. Oh. <laughs>
1: It's, it's like asbestos, it's fine until you decide you want to tear the building down.
0: Right. <laughs> Forward planning, it's such a wonderful thing, especially at the fringes of science, and that was fairly fringy. People people
1: do ask about uh, the timing of this sort of thing. Um, I th- it, So it took f- probably about 14 months altogether. Yeah. Um, I, I first sent in the proposal in March of last year. You know, we, we talked back and forth about content and timing and so on, and... One of the things about timing is, uh, for the first draft, they really don't care when it's going to be in as long as they know what the date is, so Mm -hmm. so I could essentially set my own deadline for that, uh, which I think I set about uh, eight weeks later. Mm -hmm. Got the contract, um, did probably about four to six weeks of research and writing in a a fairly low-pressure way. I could have done it in less if I'd Mm -hmm. done it full-time. First draft in at the end of May, Um, three months of internal playtest and discussion, Mm. uh, which distinctly made the book better. Um, think, things I simply hadn't thought of putting in. Um, yeah. Final draft went in in mid-September. It sat in the editing queue for a few months. Um, December, January, we batted it back and forth. I think the final uh, pre-press was in mid-February and then published, it uh, came out early in, early in May.
0: You probably don't want to specify the, the, the vast and, 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 and the vast wealth and and rewards um, beyond the dreams of avarice, which you're getting
1: from the, from this sort of I thing. Get royalties. Yeah, all right. <laughs> so buy a copy, buy several.
0: <laughs> These are electronics. Send send your friends uh, vouchers uh, for this alone. <laughs> all right. Well, we look forward to further works from the pen of and for the chances to discuss great disasters of the future. And I think from the, having promoted Roger, we move on a bit.
1: continued from last episode, our chat with John Dalman and Dr. Bob. Okay, well let's
0: let's come on to Conjunction now, because Conjunction is the... Hang on. Convulsion of the Trillion Spheres. Conjunction of the trillion, trillion Spheres. Okay, was the first
2: one. Yes, it was. This started because Stabcons weren't running. Yeah. I knew enough people, in, I, I, people who did gaming within science fiction fandom to know that there was interesting stuff and interesting ideas lying around that nobody was getting to see. And the concept, and I'd taken part in running unicorns and the concept of running a gaming convention that had the social structure of an SF convention, rather than the structure of, there's a big room with lots of tables for playing and lots of dealers round the edge, which was the dominant metaphor in gaming conventions at the time because they were being run by Games Workshop and Games yeah. Centre and people like that. And we were in the right place at the right time. We invited Greg Stafford to be guest of honour after a certain amount of heart searching because that was really quite expensive. Mm-hmm. We were aiming for 120 members. We were bulldozing them out the door to keep it under 300 Mm. (laughs) we made lots of money only we re-stimulated Greg Stafford's interest in Runequest and Glorantha and and so we got quite a lot of things to all happen simultaneously and we spawned two successor series the convulsions were the Tales of the Reaching Moon group Mm. In-group, wanting to do stuff that was specifically Chaosium-focused. Yeah. And the BRS conventions, while having no objection to Chaosium stuff, didn't want to build their convention series entirely around it. Yeah. And it, that, was, uh, that was how the two came to exist separately. That was just a question of people start running conventions. There is no kind of split or disagreement or anything. Mm. Just different people doing different
1: things. they probably try not to hit the same weekend. Yeah. Well, <laughs> not hit the same year. Uh, when, uh,
0: BRS is sort of semi in abeyance at the moment. Br- okay.
2: BRS has never, in fact, had any kind of rules or structure about how often it happens. It happens when somebody wants to do it. Yeah. The last one... The last but one one had an unfortunate finance problem. They failed to, uh, they failed to notice part of how, their hotel, of how their contract with the site worked, and they found themselves losing lots of money. The next year, some of us ran another one to try and refill the, flo- the float that gets passed on from convention to convention. Mm-hmm. That, was the, that was congenial, at uh, which we had the folios as guests of honour. Yeah. There hasn't been one since... But that's simply because nobody has started one, rather than because it's been shut down. Well, yeah, I had assumed that it was
0: lack of volu- a lack of lack of volunteers, yeah. rather than. But so, but out there, somebody may be listening to this, and and they can and we could say um, there is a tradition and some money and it's looking for for an enthusiast.
2: Absolutely, the money is some that is passed on from convention to convention. The intention is to have a. Have a financial backstop, such that if things go wrong, on the committee are at least down less money. Yeah. Well, uh, I the, the convulsion
0: continues, mm-hmm. and is I'm going for my birthday. It's my mm-hmm. birthday this. Uh, it happens at the time of my birthday this year in Leicester, so I shall be going along and trying to re-spark my interest in uh, larping, amongst other things. And if you're going, are you going
1: to yeah. I've never been to one of these. I probably got to sometime. All right. Well, I'm it's
0: too late now. Yeah, well, maybe, maybe, but we'll see. Uh, if you do turn up, we'll, we'll we'll find some interesting people to interview.
3: My first university game sock was Aberdeen University, and men outnumbered women, mm. uh, but they didn't outnumber them a huge amount. You know, there was the 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 ratio was probably um, four or five men for every one woman. Mm. Um, and it was enough, it was a big enough society that I, I, for instance, accidentally once ended up running an all-female game just by who signed up to it. But there were other women in, in other games, mm. you yeah. mm. um, know. And it was also an equal split between art students and science students. Mm. Then I moved to Bristol and went to university there and tracked down the the, the game set there, which was uh, war games and role-playing, not just uh, role-playing. Yeah. And the reason I'm called Dr. Bob... <laughs> is that I was the only woman um so they nicknamed me Bob <laughs> yeah, as in Blackadder, and then when I graduated, they promoted me to dr bob um um so it was it was like you know twenty guys and, and me and then after you know after a a, a year or two, there were some other uh, women joined vampire the masquerade happened and suddenly lots of women joined mm. yeah. and, then, and then drifted away as that fell out of popularity but the other thing about that it was noticeable that instead of this even mix between arts and science students we uh we had one token arts students <laughs> which was it was john potts who studied philosophy everyone else was doing science maths uh computing uh, uh, and so on. So I it, it was. Uh, it was. It was a bit. It was just a bit odd. You're going. What were they it, was doing it, to drive away the women? was it <laughs> the
0: war gaming origins? It
3: might. It might have been because it. It, it was. It was. The original title society was war gaming and role playing and yeah. stuff. To, um, they yeah, then, my,
1: my school club was similar. I think it must have been founded it sufficiently long ago. Yeah.
3: Um, <laughs> yeah. And then they changed it to. Um, aardvark something in an in a blatant attempt to get. First, on the um, in the queue, you for know, all the room bookings and the, and the money allocation, but they just got that the university just went you know, war games brackets, hard work, um, <laughs> uh, and then they changed it, um, to game eventually because they said, t- Look, we do also do board gaming, card gaming, and everything, so that that uh, they, they they kind of uh, uh, branded themselves more appropriately.
0: You you said that there was a wave of uh a more feminine presence after vampire the masquerade. Did did changing systems make a difference or were you sticking with what you knew?
3: Um uh, well me personally You personally It was it, the, the the wave of more female players was basically um a lot of people who'd heard of this vampire the masquerade thing oh, and were right. vaguely gothy um turned up wanting to play it um and a lot of them were women and then some of them stayed around uh and played other things um and some of them as as Vampire fell out of favour and not as many GMs were running it, they kind of drifted off and the the it, it's um it's still it's it's not as bad as it was. Last time it was a game, so the you know, it still skews heavily male, but not um not as bad as the twenty to one ratio that it <laughs> was when I first uh, joined. Did it
0: uh, but did you did you are you, what are you playing nowadays?
3: Um at the moment I'm running um what have
0: you paid? in the past 10 years. Oh, in years. the past
3: million years.
0: Well, um, <laughs>
3: it just seems that long. It long. Oh, okay, so um, favourites uh, of stuff that I've... Um, what was it? At the moment, I'm running um, Hammer Slammers, uh, using the Mon- which is official Mongoose Traveller yeah. um, supplement. Um, I use Blue Planet First Edition with some bits stolen from Second Edition and some bits stolen from other systems To do a lot of science fiction games because I I just like the percentile system. I like the Table of Doom, which is the combat system, which is (laughs) lethal, and it's got a nice scaling um, mechanic for you know if you shoot a battleship with a catapult, um, you know nothing's going to happen. (laughs) If you shoot (laughs) a uh, a a a a (laughs) pedestrian, if you shoot a catapult with a battleship, there's a scaling system for just how dead the catapult is. Um. Uh. So I use that for a lot of um um, homebrew settings. Uh, uh, ripping off things like Space Above and Beyond and C.J. Cherry's March into Alliance. You still don't like
0: fantasy, do you?
3: I don't like high fantasy. I'm not into elves, dwarves. Um, magic annoys me, uh, especially any spell counter spell type system. That you know, the only way if you're invisible. Only detect invisibility will reveal that you're invisible. You know, um, if it's <coughs> a magical teleporting hippopotamus, only dispel magical teleporting hippopotamus will will <laughs> solve the problem. Um, I'm okay with. It's like I, I I wouldn't mind Buffy the Vampire Slayer. That's that's uh, that's the kind of level of fantasy. I would like. I, I prefer urban fantasy in our world with extra bits rather than. Medieval Europe with dragons and centaurs spooned in.
2: Okay. Uh, I was at Loughborough. The, the The university's basic gender ratio was about six to one. And to a first approximation, we didn't have art students. <laughs> 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 the nearest we got to that was people doing modern European languages or librarianship. The university society was pretty heavily male. There were usually some women around, and, and, and you tried not to stomp on them. <laughs> um, but <laughs>
3: <laughs> I'm glad to hear
2: it. But.
1: <laughs> 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 Thank- at least when I've been in groups like that, there's been. A, it's not so much we must protect them. It's more they they have more social opportunities than we do. They could go somewhere else, and we like having them around. Yes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Since then, what I what I play these days is mostly gerps. Mm. To which Dave Waring, who keeps popping back up again in my life history, introduced me to GERP's first edition back in 86. He wanted to convert his fantasy campaign to it. This didn't quite work, so he gave up.
3: <laughs> yeah, I think my favourite systems at the moment, apart from Homebrew, is um, Gumshoe, uh, Ash and Stars Gumshoe. Yeah. Uh, and I'm going to try Night's Black Agents and also the Doctor Who um, latest mm-hmm. iteration because it has story points. and I love story points.
0: <laughs> You're being uh, that, that seems like a, a sort of bad match for the uh, the, the heavy science fictional semi military stuff. But oh, uh,
3: it's a bit, yeah. I've I've run a unit game using the Doctor Who system, but I. Um, it did turn on into carry on up the unit HQ. Um, uh, it 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 was yeah they were chasing escaped Loch Ness monsters round unit HQ while hoping the brigadier didn't notice them. And it, that was and they that was entirely their own fault. They, you know um, uh, yeah Doctor Who is is, is is light and pulpy and 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 uh, the system really does fit the TV series, they've deliberately engineered it so people who talk go first, mm-hmm. then people who, uh, hang on, the talkers go first, then the people who run away, then the people who do technical stuff, uh, and then last um, is the shooting, so it explains why the Daleks kind of shout exterminate, exterminate. Um, the 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 companions run away. The doctor waves his sonic suit screwdriver, screwdriver, and then and only then do the Daleks actually shoot.
1: <laughs> <laughs> By which time everybody's taking cover. Yeah. yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's it's uh, it's good for a light game, but I do like running um, uh, military science fiction stuff with where where. Um, uh, My preferred option for that is uh, the players are one squad in a platoon. Mm and the, the they get to know the rest of the NPCs in the platoon and then they brutally are killed in combat <laughs> <laughs> we might actually miss them and be sad about this <laughs> especially if it's their fault
2: yeah. <laughs> you're a hard cruel woman <laughs> <laughs> well I don't
3: like killing the players because it is, it, well it, it depends on the system excuse, I, me, excuse I would, me we yeah. hope you don't like killing well, the players, yeah. <laughs> I don't like killing the player characters no um, <laughs> uh, but but um, you know, I still want it to be uh, uh, reasonably realistic in, in death toll and carnage mm. and consequences. Although I'll
0: be interested to see how you how you how you feel about. Have you run Action Stars? Yes. Yeah. yeah. How did you find? Because that's a very different sort. That's of... That's very
3: pulpy. That's that's um, Star Trek Next Gen. Does, solves fights crime? Yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um uh, Yeah, that's that's massively entertaining to run. Um, uh, i I, I, can, I can do science fiction at either end of the spectrum i can do the kind of um uh, daring do uh, pulpy um uh, end, uh, end of it and i can do the kind of um uh, grim and gritty
0: uh. yeah mm-hmm. john do you uh, are, are you a primary player or primarily gm or what are you
2: uh, i think i do both to, uh, to a significant degree I, 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 I have for the last last few years been running a campaign on alternate weeks yeah in having a weekly group oop in a weekly group having two campaigns leapfrogging each other other mm-hmm. uh, actually give means you've got two people to evil GMing and taking getting some more time to do it, which is distinctly helpful. And running, running police procedural D&D, which works surprisingly well. You keep saying that about D&D. <laughs> yep. Well,
1: I, it seems to me that you, the, the guys you've got playing this at this point are pretty much have had the power gamer winnowed out of them. Oh yeah, they've all done that.
2: They they're decades past that. Yeah, which helps a lot. (laughs) Uh, uh, That they're not looking for excuses to go and blow stuff up. (laughs) Besides, they can't. (laughs) (laughs) They're too feeble. (laughs) And the
0: other thing, uh, 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 John's part of your um, ongoing. Uh,
1: Well, I'm, I'm currently running the other. On oh, uh, right. Wednesdays, which, which is talk at the moment, right? And, and yes, the, the World War Two game that's been mentioned on the podcast every now and then. Uh, yeah, um, one, one of the anchor players, <laughs> as in, he's the he's the guy who who has notes to remind me of what, what I've forgotten about and really ought to be answering.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's a complicated campaign. <laughs> yes, it's really helpful that somebody else is looking at this. <laughs>
0: What are you planning to do? Do you have plans for the future? Do you have great ideas that you haven't that you really want to get done someday, and you have never got around to? Oh
3: God, yes! The stack of games at home that, that oh. is uh, is is waiting for me to to run. Um, I I um, uh, there's a possibility I might be running a monthly game on a Friday's for a while, and I and I gave the, the, them a list of about seven things I could run, so. Night's Black Agents. I uh, uh, try. United Earth Defense. You are the Resistance. Mutant Year Zero. In Flames. Uh, a
2: lot of doom um, in that
0: list. Yeah, I like
3: post-apocalypse. <laughs> um, oh, the, uh, there were more, but I'm blanking on the mic. I yeah. there was seven games on. Um, um, Thou art but a warrior, but that can only be played with four people. So what is it? Oh, it, it's um. Uh, that's this is my one concession to fantasy that I I, I want to play. It's um, Moorish Spain yeah. at the time the, the Christian kingdoms are are, are kind of uh, are about to rumble Recon- downwards. The Reconquista. Uh, it's just slightly before that when there are lots of squabbling going on beneath, uh, between the Moorish kingdoms, and they shoot. Uh, you know, if they all got together, they could fend off the Christians. Um, and you are um, a, a Moorish character. Um, in a doomed society, there's more doom for you, yeah. <laughs> in doomed society, uh, um, uh, and, um, you know, are telling the tale of of, of, of your life and the, the, the events that have, have um, led to the downfall of, of, of things. And the way they do it is it's four players, uh, there's no GM, and you sit around the table with um, the person opposite you is your antagonist who provides the... Threats to your character and so on, and the people to either side kind of adjudicating and putting in neutral in- input, and then you kind of go around the table and take Ooh. turns, and uh, um, and it looks just—it's you know an, in- an indie game, and it looks very interesting, and I want to try that. But you need four people. It's it's going it, it, you know. to it, it,
2: the number is exactly four. Uh,
3: there's a there's rules that the the, the the author uh, whose name I'm blanking on, um, uh, Wonder Geek, is a hard yeah. internet handle. Um, a, says she she you can try it with three, but she says it was written for four,
2: you know. Um, uh, you could presumably play with six, but two of them won't have anything to do at any given moment.
3: Um, yeah, I'd like to try it with four to find out how it's supposed to be played, and then yeah. you know <laughs> experiment. <laughs> yes.
0: Yeah. The yes. the thing about the other player is your enemy. Yeah, I've seen that before. I it's I never played with it, so that. Uh, Hmm. I think because I don't trust my players to be nice to each other. Mm.
1: Garp certainly had the adversary player as a, as a fairly standard concept fairly early on. Just yeah, but it's not, not something that's ever happened. Um, mm. no, it's not built yeah. in as it was in
0: Wraith. Um, yeah. 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 uh, I
3: mean. It's less the other, the other player is your enemy as a character as they are the antagonist in scenes you're in so they could be an earthquake or or decide that the the tax inspectors have have come around or (laughs) um you know um the you know you uh, whatever they just provide it's 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 more like fiasco or um Mm. uh durance that someone else is 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 framing the scene and and providing the conflict for you
2: uh, on Bob's love of doom I should say I have played in two of Bob's science fiction games in both of which I have looked at the setting and taken great care to stay well away from the shooty parts
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> and I survived both times
0: <laughs> the only time I think I played with Dr. Bob was uh, it was a stab and we were doomed upon a uh, upon a space station. Oh,
3: machine zite. Ma- yeah, ghost uh, oh, yeah. stories on space stations. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's that's kind of supposed to have a body count, and it, it's um, it's mimicking horror movies in space.
0: <laughs> John, do you have plans stacked up for the future?
2: I do, but they're mostly about the out uh, the current uh, uh, campaign that I'm running which does have the possibility to be about genuinely life, the universe, and everything. <laughs> and so far, I just keep finding more ideas <laughs> it is to drop into it. And whether or not you do
1: the plays, decide to go off and do something else anyway. Um. Yes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes so, I'm finding it quite satisfying. I mean, yeah, new games come along, and you go, that looks interesting, and, uh, interesting but there's nothing different that I want to overthrow my current gaming aiming career for. It's a career. <laughs> well I don't get paid for it. <laughs> <laughs> but in some ways it gets as much effort as actual work. <laughs> don't uh, well, yeah, if you told my boss that he'd actually understand. It applies to him too. Well,
0: I think thank you very much for your time yeah. and your and and, and, and your good humour and we will I hope to hear more wonderful things from you in the future.
1: (laughs) Cliffhangers are a common subject in role-playing games. What do we really mean by a cliffhanger, and what makes a good one? Well,
0: I have been thinking about this, and... It seems to me cliffhangers come into, in two varieties. The pre-planned and the spontaneous, but they have certain qualities in common. Now, a cliffhanger is not what I normally do at the end of a, of a session, give them something to think about. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, at the end of my last Night's Back agent game, I had the old friend... Who on, upon whom one of the agents relies contact them unexpectedly and say, could you please get in touch with me I have something urgent to say mm-hmm. that's something for him to worry about something for the team to plan for next session
1: but, not much they can do until they find out what it is
0: yeah, well, well given the situation though, it's damn worrying that he know, uh, knows how to contact him at all <laughs> but, uh, they, uh, but that's in fact, somebody bursting through the door with a gun is a cliffhanger Finding your coach has slalomed off the edge of the cliff and the, um, and the gold mm. is at the far end of, of, of the coach and you're at this end, that's a cliffhanger. In fact, it's, it's the classic cliffhanger. A cliffhanger should involve danger and perhaps a moment of panic.
1: Yeah, and is this congruent with an end-of-session thing? or I'm, I, I think it needs to come in with a break of some sort well because the the point is not just here is a dangerous moment but here is a dangerous moment and we have we have a bit of time to think about how it's going to happen you know come, come back next week to see how he gets out of it
0: yeah the well cliffhanger in in movies and tv is used at two points at the end and at the beginning it's mm-hmm. the climax of the pre-title sequence or it's the or it's the last thing in the show
1: Yeah, well, the pre-title sequence is really a mini-story in itself. It is,
0: yeah. Uh, It's when you use the immediate race thing. You start with them uh, uh, racing through the streets of Bucharest um, and being chased. And they get away and they get away and they they pull it off in their normal, magnificent style. And then, as they get to the helicopter, somebody they're not expecting is waiting for them. Hmm. Or, But that's and then you, you roll with the main story, what it's really going to what yeah. it's really going to be about, but a cliffhanger should unlike the problem with meeting the old friend, which is a problem which they can go away, they can think about, or a problem involving a, a suddenly released piece of danger. Mm-hmm. An ideal cliffhanger should not be resolvable entirely by thinking about about it. You should be able to. They should be able to come up with the perfect first move in the break. The thing I reach for my gun, or I reach for the uh, I reach for the uh, spray can in my in my toolkit, and I ignite it, or whatever it is that you're going to you're going to do that is the perfect move for the next thing. Yeah. But you shouldn't be able to plan much beyond that. You shouldn't be able to plan it should have the feeling of tension built in that's what a cliffhanger is now a cliffhanger yeah, in, it, the it, series, sorry, in the yeah, old I'm series sorry old it's
1: tri- tricky in, yeah. in a role-playing sense because a lot of the time characters will have ready ready reactions to things you know a guy comes through the door uh, pointing a gun at us we shoot him mm-hmm. unless it's set up so that that won't, won't automatically work
0: yeah well if you're doing all right you've done that in the, in the middle of the night when their gun is on the dressing table, mm-hmm. and they're their skimpies, really—that's the best way, way to do to do that mm. one. But yes, you 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 need to set up a, cli- a cliffhanger so that situation is clear in their minds, and the situation is also immediately obviously dangerous. Now, cliffhangers in the old old movie serials um, were always cheats. There was yeah. always a way out. There was always a with one bound. Uh, Sexton Blake, or, hang on, what's his name, Dick Barton, special agent, was free, you know.
1: Yeah, the the one I particularly remember was in King of the Rocket Men, where uh, he was <laughs> Oh, very, we have such high taste on this program. Absolutely. Podcast. Uh, very, very clearly shown, uh, he is driving the, he is, um, driving the car in, in a chase, it's, pu- it's pushed over a cliff by the car pursuing him, mm. and he is in the car and it goes over the cliff. In the rerun, he jumps out of the car just before and, and fires up his rocket pack, obviously. Yeah, obviously. But um, yeah. no, I, I think I think yeah. one, one of the things they're trying for there is to say not just here is a dangerous situation, but here is an impossibly dangerous situation. They can't possibly get out of that. What will yeah. they come up with?
0: Yeah, I'm not quite sure. And that, yeah, dangling by their hand uh, by by their fingernails from the from the zeppelin over uh, over the over the Grand Canyon, um, and 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 uh, and the ticking bomb just inches away, is the ideal setup. But Uh, Yeah, do you want to do this in GURPS? I asked myself. Because I had never felt quite so cheated in my life. I was in a convention pulp game uh, run under GURPS. And the GM... I had to do something impossibly stupid. That thing was jump from one aircraft to another in Mm mid-flight. I'd resolved that this was the thing I was going to do. And I knew what the risks were. And the GM allowed me to fudge it. I've never felt so cheated... In my life, mm. as uh, on that occasion, but I mean, admittedly, it was a mismatch between our um, between our expectations.
1: Yeah, that that game of uh, was it dread you we were running at the stabcon. Yeah, um, if my character's heroic self sacrifice had turned out not to be sacrificing or yeah. not to be necessary, then yeah, I would have felt fairly fed up with that.
0: Yeah, I uh, no, I, I that was that was what, what was in that was what was intended. That was what was. Yeah. Um, that was what was signposted as the, really <laughs> the only way out of, of
1: the cycle of evil. But um, I, th- I think there, there are lots of different things that, get, that are getting labelled as cliffhanger. Yeah. And as you said, it's, it, it's not just the, the slightly hazardous thing at the end of the session. I think it's something. To, to me, I think it's something that will provoke thought. But this is partly because I, I try not to leave the, leave a session in a, um, well, especially not in the middle of a fight or something like that, because there's there's a lot of context, particularly in a GUPS fight. Yeah. You know, just who, who's where and so on, um, it's and, it, and it's hard to pick that up again two weeks later.
0: It's true. I have, on occasion, photographed um, on, when I was using battle mats and figures. Yeah. Photographed the, the 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 battle mats and and lay out with my with my phone and rolled up the battle mat and not washed it clean, which is a bad thing to do for the battle mat. <laughs> um and and taking it away yet you want it to be at a clean break so you you're not h- hanging on issues a fresh issue coming in now
1: yeah i i think where where that stops to be cliffhanger is not it's the end of the adventure let's go home but it's the end of the adventure here's the hook for the next adventure let's go home
0: mm. i think i think the best kind of of cliffhanger is is it's not the end of the adventure it's the unexpected turn in the adventure. Now, a good GM should be able to um, pull one of these out of his pockets, but a good GM should pull one of these out of his pockets because he's got it half in mind when he starts started the outline of the, of the adventure. This is something that you, you can bring in and you should bring in. I I don't know if I do cliffhangers terribly well. The the GURPS cliffhangers book, which I think really ought to have a... Pay attention, all the people at SJ Games who are paying attention to this, mm-hmm. which really ought to have a, a reissue, talks about mm. it, it. It talks about having writing the cliffhanger into your um, adventure outline, and it does tend to be very railroady. They,
1: yeah, I have occasionally th- thought of big scenes that I want to happen in an adventure, and it, it, I don't know if it feels that way to the players, but it always feels to me. Mm. Too too strained that I'm trying to push them towards this particular thing, or I don't, and then it happens somewhere completely different. If it, what mm. I do now is have a sufficiently generic scene that it can happen anywhere, they're going to meet the villain eventually, and this is what he does when they meet him.
0: Yeah, yeah, I really should have plans for what happens when they meet Dracula. I'm, I'm running the Dracula dossier at the moment, and I really
1: you failed to recollect anything unusual happening, but you seem to be lying in bed and, and your neck aches.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Charming, that charming, charming middle-aged chap you met uh, in, uh, in the pub at Cambridge. Strange accent he had. Yeah. Now I lad Tepish is 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 supposed to be the big is, is supposed to be the big cheese. But really, I ought to, I ought to, you know, hang him, hang Chekhov's gun on the wall sometime in the middle, uh, <laughs> immediate, intermediate stages, glimpsed in the distance, that sort of thing. Uh, is it is it a a device that kills choice is it um if it, i'm worried about the railroad a- aspects of it ob- obviously and player character choice is, is terribly important are there are there generic classes of of um, of cliffhanger
1: i'm just thinking in terms of for, for getting yeah, get, getting player characters into an adventure has traditionally been a weak spot in role-playing games. Anyway, mm. I think most players are, particularly if if you start off with with by saying to players, "Yeah, you are the sort of people who go on adventures," generate characters accordingly. Yeah, um, I think most players will be fairly forgiving about uh, how how you get the thing started. Mm. So, so I don't mind a little bit of forcing there because the the point of the forcing. It, it, it's much the same thing as the get, uh, in the canonical Call of Cthulhu adventure, getting a letter from your old uncle. Yeah, um, it's to say here is something interesting happening. Go here and then continue from that point.
0: Well, you think that you're fixating on the on the cliffhanger at the at which is the start of something. Well, the, the blonde who staggers into into your office and gasps and, and gasps, uh, and gasps the
1: spider, the spider.
0: And falls on the floor, convulsing. Now that—that's the start of the next one.
1: I should point out, by the way, this works much less well once your PCs have the ability to speak with the spirits of the dead. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, th- I think this also works as a link between adventures. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, that is, yeah, that's that that, that works as as, as the, so, onto so, the next so thing.
1: So this can be somebody completely unknown who comes in like that. Or it can be uh, somebody who is connected with the last adventure, who was maybe the, the, the objective of the last adventure.
0: It can, it can be it can be your uh, your childhood sweetheart, who you haven't seen for twenty years. I must use that sometime. I'm
1: always a bit edgy about that because it seems to be it's, it's borrowing um, narrative capital from a place that doesn't really have it. Um, we 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 know as as human beings that there is such a thing as somebody you haven't seen for twenty years that you still care about oh. but it, it it's it's mechanical it it's a tool of the fiction rather than rather than something immersive mm-hmm. um i'm i can't remember who it was i think it might have been um the good friends of jack jackson elias podcast Blasphemous tomes mm-hmm. were saying that when they ran. That, that famous adventure, Master Isle Athertech, which starts off with your good friend Jackson Elias calls you to meet him in his hotel room and he's been horribly murdered. Yeah. Um, they actually started off several adventures earlier with Jackson Elias as a useful NPC so that the, so the player characters actually cared about this guy.
0: Yeah, it's the way to r- do it.
1: Rather than just, oh yes, you cared about him and now he's dead.
0: <laughs> it's the way to do it, of course, to an, to an actor in a, a serial production. The sudden appearance of their uh, of their childhood sweetheart is is a grand opportunity and a means of yep. of making the character more detailed, more real, and getting more screen time. But it may not be the same for uh, uh, for uh, uh, role players.
1: I think it's because the, the the player is author and actor all at once and. Mm. Uh, we've said before with uh, the sort of games that ha- that have mechanics that throw you out of the uh, actor role or method actor role and mm. into the into the author or editor sort of role. Mm. For for me, that's a wrenching change of gear. And if I, if I'm having to think, oh right, I should remember to care about this person rather than I do care about this person because I've yeah. interacted with them before. It's it's just that slight change of gear it works a little bit less well.
0: well. I mean, sort of trended off what I was. The other thing I was going to say, which is, it seems to me, the other sort. Of, of um, cliffhanger, is the unexpected twist in the middle of the ongoing task, and that's mm. that's what I think of as as a cliffhanger. I should do more with the with the opening cliffhanger. Um, it, it occurs to me now that this is a, a, a shtick I have under-invested in, but I think more and more what I want to do is leave is leave the players not laughing but thinking, the hell am I going to do now?
1: Yeah, and um, my my rule of thumb is if, if it would if make a good end of an episode on a TV series, then it's probably at least a plausible hmm. candidate for being a cliffhanger. Um, th- there are ways one can do that in, in television, of course, that aren't available in role-playing games, like the the closing shot where you know, the the heroes are walking away having um, exposed the villain to sunlight or whatever, but his ring is still there. Yeah. No, these these are player characters. They don't they don't mess around and leave things behind like that. <laughs> <Yeah>. no, <laughs> more, more to the point, if you tell them while they're still there, they'll say, "Oh, right, I'll go back and get it."
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no. They, 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 uh, th- I think uh, do any of you have a noticed pool left?
1: <laughs> is
0: the is the is the mechanic I I, yeah. would, I would have to have to use uh, there? And there is also the worry that with player characters, one of the things they do is they take the ring and they put it away in a small dark box, box somewhere. <laughs>
1: At the bottom of the sea.
0: No, no, no. I'm thinking of the player character who thinks, you never know when you're going to need one of
1: those. <laughs> so you, you, you've some, you're you not really trying to time these to ends of sessions, is the impression I'm getting.
0: I, I, I want to. I, it's the natural play, place for them. There is, uh, you have to be constantly aware of where you are in, in the evening. And I don't know how, how you do it. I think it's a learned skill. Awareness of how much plot you've got, where they are and where the time is should be the last hour of a session i run to two and a half to three hours of a session hmm. uh seven o'clock till till 10 o'clock and the last hour from nine o'clock onwards i should always be aware where i am in the in the session and where they are in in the in the storyline and what I've got coming up that I can throw at them now—the best sort of cliffhanger—is one that emerges from their uh, spontaneously from their roles, uh, their their choices, and their rolls of the dice. Yeah. And you should always be on the look, look look out for those. If they if they fumble themselves into where they are, you know, hang, they are their vehicle is hanging over the cliff. <laughs> then that's the moment to leave it. Don't 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 uh, don't give me give a chance to pick up the dice again. And say right. I think we'll leave it there. Yes, I know it's quarter of an hour earlier than we normally finish, <laughs> but I don't think I think we ought to leave it there, don't you?
1: Yeah, with, with the Cambridge group, um, I'm, I'm fortunate in that the, the chap whose house we meet at has a large and obvious clock that is directly in my line of sight if yeah. I look up from where I usually sit, uh, so I can see. Okay, it's it's after about ten fifteen. I I am now thinking in terms of let, let us find a stopping point, hmm. and particularly let how, us not let us how, not start anything big.
0: How close is uh, how close is ten fifteen to your uh, finish?
1: We 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 sometimes play as late as eleven, but we're usually breaking up by ten thirty, ten fifty
0: five. You're cutting it. You like cutting it finer than I. Well, don't. I, don't,
1: I don't really want to end before about ten fifteen, because we don't start till about eight, typically, with people arriving and food and so on. All right. So I I can always tell when I've got this right because people immediately start posting to the uh, group mailing list <laughs> saying this is, this is what we should do. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, it can make the following the resolution a little too perfect, but hey, uh, that that you're you're there to make the players feel awesome.
1: Uh, I I wasn't around in the actual original run of film serial days. Uh, so yeah, you know, when I saw them originally, mm. it was yeah, yeah. being broadcast on BBC Two. Excuse one, me. Do one you one think day. I looked that old? No, no I'm, I'm not saying you were. My 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 point is that I'm. I'm Reconstructing—I'm I'm assuming what one was meant to do was th- was think about it a bit over that intervening week, mm. um, so, a bit as one used to do for Doctor Who. Um, you know, all right, here, here is this horrible situation. How are they going to get out of it? And maybe they'll do this. Maybe they'll do that. And then you, you will be either uh, right or wrong. Yeah, it, it, it's not that it's a puzzle story exactly. It's it's a just sort of pleasing engagement. Mm. Get, gets you to think about it other than during the time while it's happening.
0: Yeah continued commitment, I think that's the the thing Mm. and uh, I think the main thing about Cliffhanger is that it's if you do it right, if you describe it clearly enough, it's one of the moments of being there and it makes it it makes the game world that much more real and that much more exciting and frightening to know that you are in the moment and with any luck They'll come back and start on a high in the moment and pull off the, the, the self-rescue.
1: Yeah, in, in conventional fiction, it's a, you know, say, say you, you have a James Bond film, hmm. you're putting James Bond in danger, that's not really a cliffhanger because you know he's going to get out of it, he's not going to die. Um,
0: no, no reason what, you can't kill Vesper lindorf though.
1: Yeah, what, what you need to do is, is specifically that, it's put other characters in danger, you, you can't just threaten the protagonist. Yeah. Whereas in role playing, you can sometimes. I, okay, I, I have. You pre- should
0: frequently. I,
1: I have really quite low death rates in my games these days. Oh, me
0: too. It's it's a thing I feel guilty about sometimes.
1: <laughs> but the the possibility is always there, um, and and so that that can make a cliffhanger of a sort that wouldn't really work in other, other styles of fiction.
0: We are all provisional, and we are all we can all be replaced by somebody else. <laughs>
1: Ah, I, I have a chance, Matt Stranger. Would you like to join our party of short-lived investigators?
0: Ah, oh, oh, I've been looking for a party of short-lived investigators all my life. I think I've, I've squeezed the juice out of this one. Yeah. Let's move on. If you'd like to tell us about your group of short-lived adventurers and investigators, uh, you can contact us either via the website or
1: podcast at tekeli.ly And please do not send us your inside information about nuclear power security problems. Well, do if you like but use a different address.
0: Yeah, anonymise, anonymise. Uh, slip, 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 Roger, a uh, uh, thumb drive uh, at uh, at some social event. That's what that, that's your normal means of operating, isn't it?
1: <laughs> I couldn't possibly come but I might see some of you at UK Games Expo. And we will uh, speak to you all again next month.